Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Well, y'all, welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am super excited to have Crystal Payne on the Friends of a Feather today. She is a New York Times bestselling author known widely as the money-saving mom. Crystal is a wife, biological mom of four children, and a foster mom. Her desire is to help women around the globe live with more joy, purpose, and intention in their everyday lives. So welcome to the podcast, Crystal. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for giving me time today. I know you're super busy, but you have a new book coming out, which we're excited about. But I really want to talk to you about your book because it's all about parenting. And I know that you said you would never, like you never thought you would write a parenting book. So I want to know. (laughs) So everyone is known, you were known for um, being the money-saving mom. So you're all about couponing and uh, helping us stay in budget every week for with groceries and things like that. But a few years ago, the trajectory of, I guess, your parenting life changed totally. Can you take us back to that and what was going on with one of your kids? Yes. So we had three kids at the time and um, they, you know, I thought, life is going along pretty well. I had this successful business and our kids were in this little Christian school. We thought they were doing well. You know, we had the usual, your kids are preteens hitting almost teen Mm -hmm. years and, you know, there's just the little things and, you know, but I felt like we're doing a pretty good job of walking this through. And then one day it all just came crashing down and my neat little facade that I had created of feeling like, you know, this is, this is good, was not so good anymore. In fact, I was just left in this place of really feeling devastation and like I'd hit rock bottom as a mom. And it really started when um, one morning at school drop-off, the principal stopped my husband and he said, I need to meet with you and your wife and this child after school in my office, which is usually a sign that something is really wrong. And we had this just this feeling, you know, you just know when something's not right, but we're just racking our brain thinking, well, I don't know. We didn't, didn't see that there was anything mm-hmm. that was out of the ordinary um, recently, but we walked into that office and he explained to us something that had happened the day before and, and just kind of this um, pattern of behavior that had been happening that had really come to a head and it had broken their school code of conduct. And so really severe action needed to be taken and ended up that then um, this child got uh, basically asked not to come back to school. And um, in that, then this child really spiraled out and became suicidal and just was just lashing out at everyone and everything and so angry and so depressed and just like a shell of themselves. And as a mom, I, I just was like, I don't even know where to turn. And we'd never done 
counseling or therapy before. In fact, I had kind of this stigma, like that's for people who are in a really bad place, you know, Mm -hmm. but here I was going, I guess maybe that's what we need to do. And that's what the school suggested. But every single counselor's office that we've called and we explain what was going on, they're like, I'm sorry, that's like, that's too much. This is something that's more of an immediate sort of situation. And so we ended up going to the ER and um, there's something about walking in and, you know, having to tell them my child's suicidal. And um, it's just really demoralizing as a parent and you feel so much shame. Like I have become the parent of that child. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, so there was all of that and all of the emotions of kind of dealing with um, all these parents had come to the principal throughout the year and said things. And we had no idea. And I'd showed up to all these school functions with these parents, having no idea that this was going on. So then you feel really naive and like, how did we miss this? And then on the complete flip side, you're just like, I want to help my child. Like mm. we've, there's something is really wrong and I don't know what to do. I met my wits in and like, there's no manual for this. Where's the manual mm. that tells me how to walk through this. And so it was just a really, really heavy, heavy, hard time for us. I'm thinking this and I'm thinking that's probably every parent's one of their worst nightmares is like, wait, how did I miss this? Like the shame, I can only imagine I would be feeling that way too. And y'all did get to a counselor's office and y'all went to counseling as well. So what did that counselor say? This was so distinct in your story. What did that counselor say to you? So I, we went in for our first, we finally found somebody that said that they would take um, our child. And so we went in and you have this initial session with just the parents and it was the therapist actually. And she's, she's sitting across, um, we're sitting on this couch, your typical like therapy office that you picture. (laughs) And I remember saying to her, you know, I want to do whatever it takes to help our child. Like I, I am willing to, in the process of this, if you come up with anything that I can do, please let me know. And yeah, she took me up on that. Because just, just a few weeks later, you know, I'm thinking like, this is going to fix my child. Like here's that sort of a few weeks later after uh, my child was done with the therapy session and then um, the child had been dismissed, the therapist called me in and she sat me down and she said, you know, you, you wanted me to tell you if there was anything that you could do. And I really think that you need to focus less on trying to fix your child and more on just trying to walk with your child. And what would it look like for you to just walk with them instead of constantly trying to correct them? And that was really hard to hear because, you know, I've been spending hours just crying in my closet going, you know, God help me, you know, feeling like I I want to do whatever it takes. But when it was like, oh, I really need to change the way I'm parenting. I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. But I started over the next few weeks really paying attention to my interactions with my kids. And I realized so many interactions were me correcting, fixing, trying to, um, telling them what they were doing wrong, nitpicking. And I was doing it all in the name of like, I want to help my kids be better. But really it was, if I would get to the root of it, it was about my reputation. Like I wanted to be seen as a good mom. I wanted my kids to be good kids. And so therefore I'm going to constantly correct them and be their Holy Spirit because I feel like I I need to control this because I care about what people think of me. Mm -hmm. 
And that was just really convicting. And as I started to peel back, where is this even coming from? Where did I get that to this place of, I want to fix my child, that it's my job to fix my child, that I care more about my reputation than my relationship with my child. I realized so much of it went back to how I viewed myself and my relationship with the Lord. And I realized that so much of it was about, I didn't see myself as good enough. And I felt like I needed to do more, be more, try harder, work harder, be better, you know, be a good mom, have good kids. And somehow I'm going to win other people's acceptance and I'm going to win God's acceptance. And I was parenting from that place of insecurity and not enough. So I was constantly feeling like I was failing, like I was just doing the wrong thing. And I was psychoanalyzing all of my decisions and living in a place of a lot of stress and anxiety because I was feeling like so much of the weight of all of this and how my kids turn out was completely on my shoulders. And so sitting in that space of saying, what would it look like to receive God's love and fully rest in it. It took me a good two years. I had to replace a lot of lies that I believe about myself. I had to then replace those with the truth. I didn't believe it at first, but I kept doing that, calling something a lie when I, you know, hear you're not good enough, you're failing, um, you're doing the wrong thing, you're making bad choices, you know, all of those things to say, no, what is the truth of who I am in Christ? And to constantly just kind of cram that truth in. And the more that I did, then I was able to change how I viewed all of life. And it was really standing then in that confidence of, I am loved by my heavenly father. I don't have to do more, be more, try harder, work harder, be better. He loves me for exactly who I am as I am. And I can stand in that in confidence. And it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter about my reputation. It doesn't matter the choices that my kids make. Ultimately, that doesn't change what God thinks of me. And so to stand in that confidence and then to say, what would it look like to live out of that confidence, to live as loved? And I talk about in my book about, you know, just asking what would loved me do? How would loved me live? And then acting on that. And it's completely changed my life. And to realize that you can't give what you don't have. So I can't fully and wholeheartedly love my kids if I don't believe in the first place that I'm fully and wholeheartedly loved by my heavenly father. Mm. And that's so good. And that's so chalked with so much wisdom because I feel like a lot of us come from that from four before four years ago from you. Like I feel like a lot of us are doing that striving and and not finding our security in Christ, even though that we're believers and we believe that, but when it gets down to it, we are very insecure. And so I love that you talked about that. And did you just dive deep into God's word and replace those thoughts with scripture? How did you do that? Yes. Yeah, so if it started out with me calling things lies and, mm-hmm. and for the longest time, like I, it was hard for me to even be like, that's a lie because it felt like, no, no, that's actually the truth. But I realized that I had believed those lies for so long that I wasn't enough. For instance, if I would go into a situation with new people, I would always feel like 
I, I don't belong here. I don't measure up. You know, everybody else is, they've got it going on and I'm the imposter in this situation or people don't like me or I'm a disappointment to people or I'm failing as a mom or as a wife. And, and so all of those things. And while, you know, we want to be improving and learning and growing as people, I, I think that so much of what we believe in our head, it becomes these truths to us that it they aren't truths it's not what god says about us he doesn't say you're a failure he doesn't make garbage you know and he we are not a disappointment to him but so it becomes our truth because we just let it replay over and over and over and over and over in our head and then it becomes the label that we live under and it's, you know, we think that that's our truth. And then it becomes what we lead with. So I would go into a situation and I would already have predecided, I'm not enough. I don't belong. I'm a failure. And you're never going to be able to love people wholeheartedly if you're sitting there just in insecurity and feeling like you're not enough. You can't focus on other people because you're just focusing on yourself um, in a completely different you know, sense. Like with having an online business, you're, you're always going to disappoint people. And I realized I was always feeling like I needed to defend myself because I, when you don't believe that you're loved, you're constantly on the defense because you feel like you kind of have to micromanage and control your reputation. And it's the same thing in parenting. And so it was really recognizing the lies, naming them as a lie. So I would literally say out loud when those thoughts would come in my head, you know, your disappointment or yesterday when you did that, you failed. That's a lie. And then I would replace it with the truth. And so, you know, if I were to think yesterday, you really failed at blah, 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 blah. Instead, what's the truth? Okay. I am loved by my heavenly father. And yes, I have areas that I need to work on, but he has created me and uniquely designed me to be my child's parent. And I can trust him for that. And I'm going to rest in that. And I know that I can call out to him to give me what I need in this situation. And he is going to help me walk in this. And, you know, maybe in that you're like, you know, yesterday I did say some things I shouldn't have said, and I need to go back and ask forgiveness, but to not just sit there and wallow in, I am such a horrible, terrible person. I am just such a failure. You know, that doesn't do anything that doesn't help anyone. And that's not living as loved. I like that chapter that you wrote in your book. Um, your book is called Love Centered Parenting, the no fail guide to launching your kids. And I love how you wrote that chapter about live as loved and how we're loving, living from a perspective of being loved by our creator. And, um, I do want to ask you, there is a, quote that you said in your book. And I've had a lot of dog ears. I've got a lot of things underlined and starred. And one of them I'm going to read in a minute. I literally wrote, whoa, (laughs) whoa, because it's such good truth. But you said, um, moms and dads, I have good news for you. Your success or failure as a parent is not based on how your kids turn out and the choices they make. And I love that so much because it is totally when you live as loved, then it totally changes your perspective on everything. And specifically that we're talking about is parenting. So how can we do that? Like it was such a relief to hear that quote from you. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. Well, and you know, the subtitle of the book is the no fail guide to launching your kids. And 
already as we're putting it out there, people are going, hold up, you know, you, no, 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 that's not. And and then people are like, but your kids haven't even left home. So you can't say, and I'm like, that's not what it's about because you can't fail when you're faithful. Like God doesn't call us to, you know, he doesn't say if you have obedient you know, wonderful children who make all good choices, who, you know, go out in the world and they do these amazing things for the glory of God, then Mm. you're a good mom. Then Mm. I love you. Then you haven't failed. He says, you know, faithfulness, faithful in the little things. That's what matters. And so for me, you can't fail if you're just walking in love. And you're just loving your kids. And so to lean in and love them well. It was interesting when I was writing my book, I asked on Instagram, I'm the Money Saving Mom on Instagram, and I have a very engaged group of followers. And I asked for people to answer this question. My job as a parent is to blank. It was fascinating. I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses. And I would say that 98 to 99% of them were things that we have no control over. Wow. And so many of them were, you know, I want to raise godly children who love the Lord and make good choices. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's a good aim. Mm -hmm. But if that is what you think your job is, then you are carrying around the weight of something that you are unable to do. And so you're always going to feel like you're failing and you're probably always going to be nitpicking your kids because in the back of your mind, you're thinking my job performance is on the line here, you know? And when you make that choice, you can't make that choice because my job as a parent is to make sure that you are, you know, this good upstanding citizen. And, And so when we release that, when we realize that our children's choices are ultimately not anything that we have control over. We want to love them. We want to lean in and love. I talk about lean in and love, listen well, lead with humility and let go. Those are the four choices that I believe that every parent should make. But to change our mindset from our job being to raise these upstanding, morally good, pure children who you know make a difference in the world, we can't save our children. The only thing we can do is Jeannie Cunyon, I love her books and she talks about we can't save our children, but we can point them to the savior. And that's really, you know, to, to walk with our kids, to love them, to point them to Jesus, to set a good example for them and to pursue faithfulness. And I think one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is to live as loved. When we are wholeheartedly loved by God, to live out of that love to our kids, to set that example before them of them seeing their mom, that she loves the Lord and she knows that she is loved by God. And then she's going to live out of that love. And it completely changes how we approach everything because of our child. Just a few days ago, one of my kids was really going through a rough patch and they were just kind of mouthing off and being triggered. And, you know, four years ago, I would have sat them down and I would have been like, we do not act like this in our, you know, so Mm -hmm. get it together, straighten up. I don't know what's going on, but you better just Get it together and mm-hmm. stop acting like this. But love-centered parenting says, okay, I'm going to stop. God, help me. My child is struggling. What does it look like for me to lean and love them and walk with them well? And I realized I, I hadn't spent a lot of one-on-one time with this child recently. And I thought, 
you know, I'm just going to reach out to them and say, Hey, I really want to get to spend some time with you this afternoon. Can we do, you know, and I listed off a couple of things that this child really loves to do. And, and we ended up doing that and their whole attitude changed. Hmm. And if I had gone to them and just been like, straighten up, you know, yep. what would that have done? That would have just encouraged them to stop down their feelings and said, you're, you know, how you're feeling, what you're struggling with, what you're going through. None of that matters. Just slap on a happy face and get over it. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm so glad it's the Lord is so perfect in his timing because I was reading the chapter where you were talking about struggles and, and how that their behavior is usually emotions underneath. It's not the behavior that you need to, you know, address. It's really those emotions. And it was so like, it was right after I'd read that chapter and my son just started you know, getting upset right before we went back to church because we have been doing family worship, you know, since we've all been in the pandemic. And and it was the the next day was when we were going back to church Mm -hmm. with Sunday school. Well, he hasn't been in a class at church in a year. Like it's been a year. And so he started, you know, getting upset. And, and, you know, my first reaction was what you said, you know, like, you're fine. You know, what, what's, why are you, what, what's the tears for? But then I just thought back to your chapter and I thought, okay, there's something else going on here. And so I was able to ask, Hey, are you nervous about tomorrow? And he was like, yes. So it was such an eye opening moment for me to know that behavior, it's not about behavior. It's what it's the emotions that are leading up to that behavior. So it was, that was incredible to me. I'm so grateful. And I think, you know, if we think in our own lives, how often if we are feeling stressed, it's mm-hmm. not usually about that thing, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like the kitchen's a mess. It's probably not really that the kitchen being a mess is what is causing stress. There's probably something yes. underlying, you know, we're feeling overwhelmed. We have too much on our plate or we're scared about something. We're anxious about something, you know? And so for me personally, I found to ask myself, why, where is this coming from? And to really dig into that. And then with my kids to really sit with them and just to say, you know, I know you're having a hard day. Let's let's talk about this. What are you feeling right now? Or maybe they're not in a place that they can talk about it. And so then it's more just how can I connect with them? How can I help them to feel loved and feel secure? And that doesn't mean that we don't, you know, have consequences for bad behavior, anything like that. But it's our, our reason and our heart behind it completely changes because it's not about fixing bad behavior. It's about walking well with our kids. That's great. Well, that leads me into the quote that your husband um, shared, Jesse shared on one of your podcast episodes, and he said, struggle builds strength. And then you said, if I always protect my kids from heartache and hurt, I'm doing them a disservice. I'm teaching them to be weak and wimpy, and I'm raising them to be children who rely on their mom instead of adults who rely on God. That's when I wrote, whoa, beside it, because that is such a important thing that we, you know, I'm a helicopter mom and I don't want to be, you know, like this is a great um, way for we, us to see our kids. They need to be, we need to be raising adults who rely on God, not rely on us. So could you speak to that for just a minute? Yeah, I think it's, there's this thing in all of us that we want to be needed. You know, we want our kids to need us and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a support for them. But if we're seeking from our kids, something that is, you know, really, honestly, we're trying to find fulfillment in them. I I think we can make our mothering 
idolatry. Like we can make it an idol that our kids are going to need us, that our kids are always going to come back to us, that our kids are going to be this, that, or the other. And, you know, is it that we're seeking affirmation and acceptance from our kids when we should be looking to the Lord Mm. for that? And so just, I think really processing through that and figuring out, you know, again, going back to our why for why are we doing this? I try to ask myself all the time, you know, any sort of situation, why? Why am I wanting to do this? Why am I not wanting to do this? And I think it really can help us to uncover hopefully the root of where we are operating out of and then to really hold that up to in light of God's word. And, you know, is is this true? Is this good? Is this right? Or am I seeking to get something outside of God that I can only find in him? That's good. Well, we're almost out of time. And I want to ask, where can people find you and find your book to go and get? I would love for people to follow me on Instagram. That's one of my favorite places to hang out. Um, I'm the Money Saving Mom on Instagram. I'm very active there on stories. I also have my site, moneysavingmom.com, where I share lots of deals and ways to save money. And then the book is available Anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Christian Book, Bookshop.org um, if you want to support local bookstores. Oh, that's great. I haven't heard of that. Bookshop.org. Mm-hmm. Okay, good deal. Okay, I have three quick questions to ask you at the end that I ask all my guests. Um, it is, what are you eating? Like a snack. What are you reading? And what are you loving these days? So what I, what am I eating? I can share with you right here. I have my salad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Every day I have a every day I have a salad for lunch, pretty much. And so I always make it up before I come downstairs to work. And so that's waiting for me after we get done. I, I have lettuce all like pre-washed and torn in the fridge, so it makes it real easy to have a salad every day. And I find that I feel so much better when I do. And what am I reading? I always um, usually have multiple books going at once. I try to have um, an audiobook going and then some kind of um, fiction and nonfiction. Um, right now, the book that I'm kind of really digging into is Mama Bear Apologetics. And it's all about raising our kids to just kind of be able to live in this world where there's a lot of stuff being thrown at them. I don't agree with everything in it, but it has opened up the door to lots of really great conversations with my kids already to be able to talk through stuff that they are being exposed to and talk about it in light of scripture. And then what am I loving? That is a great question, and I should have had something really good prepared, but I can tell you something that I love that I actually have right here. I'm like, you should see like my smorgasbord of things right here. But um, So I love this CoverGirl Lash Flash Fusion Mascara. That is my, people ask me all the time because I don't use eyeshadow, but I use mascara. That's the only kind of eye makeup I use. Okay. And I love this one, three coats. Like do one coat, let it dry, do another coat. It's amazing. Yes. And then people will ask you, did you get your eyelashes done? I'm like, no, it's a cheap drugstore (laughs) mascara. And sometimes those are the best and they make our eyes look good. I'm going to look into that. I need a new one. (laughs) Great. Hey, thanks so much, Crystal, for coming on the show and sharing about your book, Love Centered Parenting and your story and being vulnerable in this. And I think that many women are going to be encouraged by your book. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast today. I pray you were encouraged. And if you were, I want to connect you with our Friends of a Feather community. So something new I'm starting in 2021 is every month I will be hosting a Friday Zoom meetup for all Friends of a Feather podcast listeners 
to connect and talk about the episodes from the month. I'm really excited and I would love for you to join in. You can go to my website at renrobbins.com and on the homepage there, you can find out all the information. It's a free group, but it's a really great way for us to all share about the episodes, share some takeaways, and have community together. So I will see you in that Zoom room the last Friday of every month. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.